Chapter Sixteen of the Dark House. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Dark House by George Manville Fenn. Chapter Sixteen. You hear. Paul Capel was not superstitious, but a curious thrill ran through his nerves, and his first impulse was to leap up and shout, "Who's there?" Then a thought flashed through his brain that whoever this was might have something to do with the disappearance of the treasure, and he told himself that he would wait. Though the next moment he found himself frankly owning that a chill of dread. Had frozen his powers, and that he could not have moved to save his life. A minute's reflection told him that it could not be a burglar. No one would come singly upon such a mission, and the marauder would have been provided with a dark lantern or matches. It must be someone in the house. The superstitious fancies were cleared away, as his heart gave a throb. With the hope that he might now find the clue to the mystery that was hanging over the place, thought after thought flashed through his brain, and as they dazed him with the wild conjectures, the person, whoever it was, glided nearer and nearer, and all doubt fled for whoever it was had stretched out a hand and touched the silver candlestick upon the table where he had set it down. There was again silence, and then it seemed to Capel, as he sat there, that the nocturnal visitor had made the table a starting point for a fresh departure in the dark, and was going from him toward the back drawing room in the left-hand corner of which the old lawyer had sat that night. Doubtless there are people who can weigh every act before they commit themselves to it. But the majority of us, even the most thoughtful, go on weighing a great many, and then, in the most important moments of our lives, forget all about the balance or the mental weights and scales. And so it was that, all in an instant, Paul Capel, unable longer to bear the mental strain, rose quickly from his seat, took two strides forward, and grasped. At the intruder, exclaiming, "Who's there?" He touched nothing. He heard nothing, and the old chill came back for a moment or two with its superstitious suggestions. But he drew out a little silver matchbox, which rattled as he opened it, shook a match into his moist hand, struck it, and the faint little star of light flashed out. "Katrine, you here?" he exclaimed. There were candles on an occasional table, and he lit one before the little wax match burned down, and then he remained speechless for the moment, gazing at Katrine Dingham, who stood within the back drawing room, her long hair loosely knotted on her neck, her white arms outstretched before her, and halfway from him, she stood motionless as if turned to stone. Katrine, he cried again. 
He took a step or two towards her, his first impulse being to clasp her in his arms, but as she stood motionless before him, draped in a long grey pignor that swept the ground, there was something about her that repelled him, so that he stood staring at her unable to speak. Suddenly she turned from him, and stood gazing at the corner where the piano stood, walking slowly towards it, and rested her hand upon it, remaining there motionless for a few moments till, catching up the candle, Capel went towards her, his pulses throbbing, and his temples seeming to flush, as if a hot breath from a furnace had passed over them. But before he reached her she turned slowly, and walked straight towards him, her eyes wide open and gazing intently before her. She would have walked right upon him had he not given way, and then stood holding the candle, while she went deliberately to the fireplace, rested her hands upon the mantelpiece, and stood there holding one bare white foot towards the extinct fire as if to warm it. Capel sat down the candle, and advanced towards her, when once more she turned and came straight towards him, and this time he took her in his arms and kissed her quickly and passionately upon her cheek and lips. His arms dropped to his sides, though, for he felt that she was icily cold, and as involuntarily he gave place as she walked slowly past him to the open door, out onto the broad landing, and as he caught up the candle and followed, he saw the tall grey figure go slowly on up and up the stairs, and when he followed it to the first landing, it was on the one above, going slowly on to the bedroom at the end, through whose door it passed, and the lock gave a low, soft click. Paul Capel went back into the drawing-room, feeling half-stunned, and when he reached the middle of the room he paused, candle in hand, thinking. Asleep, he said at last. Asleep, and I dared to take her in my arms like that. Then, with an involuntary shiver, the young man turned quickly round, and went hastily up to his room, to lie till morning, tossing sleeplessly from side to side. End of chapter 16